podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome. I'm Les Bubka and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. My today's guest is Anna Kibler Bubka, obviously my wife. And uh, I was thinking about recording a series on martial arts couples. So we both are martial artists. Uh, my wife is second dan um, in different systems, so not under me. We met via karate and we're going to talk about um, our experiences. Good and bad, funny and maybe not so much. Uh, <laughs> hello and welcome. Uh, Anna, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, can you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Um, can you give us some uh, background on you? So, why did you start karate? Um, when and all the other things. Okay, um, so actually, the the first martial art I started wasn't karate. Uh, I started doing judo when I was very young. I was about four years old, and to be honest, I have no real idea why I was so young. My my parents just sent me to a martial arts class. Um, I did enjoy it. I always enjoy sports. Um, I started doing Aikido when I was about 10, and I really enjoyed that. And I started doing karate when I was 11. Um, and I found that I took to that slightly better than the Aikido I was doing at the time. I found it a lot easier just to kind of punch someone in the face <laughs> than um, worry about uh, a lot of Tai Sabaki and movement. Um, so yeah, I started when I was about 11 years old. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the physical aspect of it, exercising. Also, I was with my friends, so there was a social aspect as well. Um, yeah, I liked going to competitions. Uh, I liked doing kata a lot. Um, and yeah, I found it, it was a, a good way to, to keep me fit and feel the sports I was doing in school. It was um, good, and I've just continued it throughout the rest of my life. Mm. We, we are kind of... Uh I think we should say that uh, just on your side we are a martial arts family so your dad as well um, he dragged you to um, Aikido or he started Aikido with you and then he transferred to uh, so he karate. started just after me so basically he took me to Aikido he was uh, my, my chauffeur taxi um, and after sitting and watching me in classes the instructor I believe asked him if he wanted to join in um, and for those who aren't aware my father um has got uh, his right arm is paralyzed following a motorcycle accident so I think he never really saw himself as being able to do martial arts so when he was invited to try I think he was surprised and jumped at the chance and um, hasn't stopped since he's still training in his late 60s doing a different style of karate and I think he loves it so so yeah I initially took my dad I guess to martial arts but um, then his passion for it has kept me going all these years yeah, it is. It is very impressive. Um, I also don't know Robin. Robin uh, moved to Thailand and uh, started Gojuryu from scratch at age sixty plus, uh, which is mm. most impressive to take take off your uh, black belt, uh, double black belt, and start from from front. Don't worry. I hope I'm gonna have him uh, have him on the podcast as well because um, he is a bit of an inspiration person, uh, overcoming the uh, disability aspects of training and just overall um, positive um, approach to training. 
Um, but you uh, are training in uh, the club, mm-hmm. and um, you keep coming back. You are now what, 20, 30 years in that club. Uh, so I started training there in '93. So mm. what is that now? Uh, yeah, 20. Mm, yeah, nearly 20 years. Yeah. You're the engineer. You can't do that. That's 27 years, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it seems like quite a long time. It doesn't seem that long, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I started there when I was 11 years old, and uh, I'll let you guess how old I am now. Mm. But it's been quite a long time. Um, so yeah, you're asking why do I keep going back there? Or? Yeah, well, I, I always um, keep hearing from you that you you really want to give back to the um, community and you like teaching kids and stuff like that, which I don't uh, do, but yeah, you are very good with teaching children and um, sure. is that your way um, to give back to the community? Yeah, so, so I started training there when I was a child and I had the benefit of having a lot of instructors, not just the chief instructor, but a lot of support instructors who helped to, to guide me and to, to teach me and um, improve my training and my technique. Uh, so I think I started teaching when I was about 19. Um, and I've since uh, done qualifications in martial arts coaching. And for me, it, as you say, it was a great opportunity to give back, to, to coach and teach children that were not disliked myself. Um, but also it's a way of improving my karate as well. I think one of the main things I've learned is that if you want to make sure you understand something is to try and teach it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's been a very good uh, learning experience for me as well. Uh, and trying to think of different ways of explaining things in such a way that everyone can benefit and to see um, children grow as they develop in terms of their karate, uh, in terms of their skill and their confidence is um, fantastic for me. I think there's no greater reward than to see someone who maybe was struggling with karate to begin with, who was maybe shy and retiring to kind of go through that, become good at karate in terms of their abilities and skills and to more importantly have confidence and build friendships and relationships with the people they train with so yeah it's, it's incredibly rewarding mm. it is it is uh, i know that as well um i always ask this question every every guest on my uh podcast um so what impact had or have the martial arts on your mental health um i think for me Martial arts and doing regular martial arts training has given me um, stability, I think. It's always been there for me. So when my life has been somewhat um, troubled or I was having issues with all sorts of things, um, being able to go to the dojo, being able to train regularly, having that kind of release uh, has been uh, a great help to me. Um, not just in terms of the exercise and being able to get away from everything by just focusing on your training, but also in terms of the camaraderie and friendship with the people I've trained with for years. Um, having that support has been second to none. Um, it has been really good uh, and beneficial to my mental health. I think that's the important thing that you you've got the you are surrounded by the decent and good people who support you is the is the key to to improving your mental health or just uh, feeling that comfort and it doesn't matter if it's a karate or uh, any other sport or activity. Would you agree? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I think if you've got that um, kind of social network that are encouraging you to do well and to be positive, that's going to help you no end regardless of, of what that network might be. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Um, 
and then children happened. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it all went a bit pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so um, I know that uh, it is stressful for you because I'm, I'm still doing trainings you are not able to do because of... Uh, children uh, and, and it's not that I'm stopping you from from training it's just a little one at the moment is uh, actually not that bad but uh, she was for some time very mom orientated and mm-hmm. um, suffering with that um, um, what do you call it the uh, separation, separation, anxiety, ex- yeah. separation and anxiety so uh, I could go and do stuff and you couldn't couldn't do um, so um, what do you approach with that? Um, how has that experience um, on you impacted you? Well, it's the joy of being a mother, isn't it? I mean, um, before we had children, I think it's fair to say that karate and martial arts was a, a a very big part of my life. We were training very regularly. So if I wasn't working or just socialising, I was training uh, or supporting my training with like going mm. to the gym or whatever. So having children completely changed all of that. <laughs> I don't do any of that anymore. Um, it's been it's been a challenge. It's been frustrating. Um, but you know, our children are the most important thing in my life. So although it is frustrating, I know it's just a short term thing. Uh, I have been able to train a little bit um, since having Max. I was able to train uh. before having Lauren, and I've trained a little bit since. Um, and it's my intention to go back to training uh, as as soon as is possible. Uh, obviously, the pandemic isn't helping mm-hmm. either. But um, yeah, it's been it's been frustrating, and I think it's kind of shown me the the benefit of having martial arts training as that being good for for mental health. And that when I haven't had it and I've been mm-hmm. kind of stuck at home taking care of the kids, it's it's difficult to have that kind of positive support network. So um, yeah, I, I miss it, but. Uh, I know that it's only temporarily that I won't be training, so yeah, I just kind of grin and bear it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you're a martial art woman, uh, instructor as well, coach, teacher. Um, what is your thoughts on representation of women in the martial arts community? Because wherever mm. we look around, it's mostly men, men, men. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not many uh, female. Uh, mm. How to say it? Not well respected there is, there is there are individuals who are well respected but it's main the main mainly main man dominated male dominated sure. um yeah. environment yeah um it's interesting you say that so i remember certainly when i was young so when i was competing when yeah so when i was about 12 years old i suppose you'd go to competitions and there would be loads of boys there mm. and they'd have lots of pools and then you get to the girls section you like uh, is there anyone for me to fight? Mm. <laughs> um, it was very few girls. Um, certainly over the years I've seen that improve in that we are seeing a lot more girls. I think there's, um, if you kind of imagine a pipeline of girls mm. coming through and then becoming women, I think there are more girls interested in martial arts and it's not seen solely as a uh, uh, male sport, mm. as it were. In terms of adults, I think there are definitely a lot more men but I've been very lucky actually in most of the clubs that I trained not just in Guildford but also when I was at university I trained in a variety of martial arts clubs there were quite a few women um, so I never felt like I was completely on my own there have been a few instances where I've been the only woman on like training workshops or courses or seminars or whatever but that's okay you're going to get used to it um, I guess for me as well because I'm an engineer I'm, I'm used to being in a very male-dominated environment. It's kind of my uh, status quo, really. So for me, it it doesn't impact me very much. I guess the only issue is when you're doing things like sparring. Um, 
there's no getting around it. Men are stronger than women, mm. generally speaking. Obviously, there are people who uh, are, you know, there are women that are much stronger than men, men that are not so strong and so on. But um, it can be very difficult <laughs> to mm. fight a much larger opponent. Um, but, you know, it's all good training. And um, as I say, you kind of get used to it. I would like to see more female role models. I think that would certainly help for um, girls who are training and coming through. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. As I say, I'm happy to see more children, like more girls, being represented in classes. So who knows? That might change going forward. I, I suppose my, my clubs are, are always kind of in opposition of that because I might not say it that way. Because usually when I since I started running clubs in Poland and stuff, I always got the always got the more girls than than the, <laughs> than the boys. I don't know. Uh, at the moment, our club, as you know, with Tyson and Karate, is uh, about seventy to thirty women, seventy uh, percent of women compared mm-hmm. uh, with men. So um, I kind of don't see it that way, but uh, sure. I am aware that uh, it's you know male dominated stuff uh, the environment. And what would you think that uh, us as a man running the dojo um, should do to include more um, kind of girls and attract more girls to the club for training? Oh, I don't know. That's a difficult question. Um, it's really difficult to know in terms of what like activities you could do that would be more um, suitable for, for girls or women or more... Um, amenable I don't know um, yeah I guess the thing is to make it a very comfortable environment one that's not um, uh, how do I say it one that doesn't apply too much pressure to do well so mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that um, if you're in a very competitive environment perhaps women can feel that uh, they can't compete at the same level as I was kind of saying about men generally being stronger than women it's very difficult I mean in things like kata I believe you know we can compete on the same level more or less but in terms of strength generally speaking we're unable to compete at the same level so if you're running classes that emphasize that is kind of um, supporting or uh, emphasizing those differences so it can be very difficult whereas if you have a more um, mixed set of exercises that you're doing that incorporate a variety of different skills so uh, kind of um, what am I thinking just uh, like agility exercises and so not just strength looking at um, focusing and working on uh, accuracy of techniques and so on those are things that women can do equally well mm-hmm. so I don't know just off the top of my head that's all mm. I can think of but I think generally women who are drawn to martial arts would want to train pretty much in the same way, I would suggest, but I don't know. From the blog's point of view, it's kind of a catch-22 because it's very difficult to attract um, women to go into training when you've got only blogs. Um, yeah. So yeah. You, know, you don't have that base, brave girls coming in and starting the kind of breakthrough mm-hmm. uh, with all the advertising and stuff. You, you have to either do... A, uh, women's only class mm-hmm. which I kind of don't believe in because if we're doing full inclusion it should be uh, equal opportunities to men and women mm. but then you know there's more more men and promoting that as an inclusion for women uh, it might be not something which women would like to 
take part in you know nobody wants yeah. to be the first person in I think it's yeah you can see how intimidating it could be if you're the only woman coming into a completely male environment and you're new to the class as well yes that would be pretty bad okay we're gonna pause for a second <laughs> and uh, I'm not gonna have a look at the little one Okay, so we're back. The little one is sorted. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, she's had milk. She's good. <laughs> yeah, joys of having a, a young family, but it's all good, all good. Um, she went today a bit early to sleep, um, which is surprising. So I was bound to uh, come and bite us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been talking about inclusion, uh, about stuff. Let's let's talk about the. Uh, kind of martial family um what are the benefits of um being in a partnership where there's two martial artists and doing their own thing and what are the drawbacks <laughs> uh, um i think the the main benefit is empathy so because we've both trained for quite some time i think we understand each other especially when you want to go for a seminar or there's something particularly you want to work on or if you just want to take some time out to go and think about something I can totally empathize with that situation because I've been in the same place and probably have similar thoughts so in that way um, I think it's a great benefit in that we understand each other perhaps a bit better certainly when I've seen um, friends who are in a relationship with someone who doesn't do martial arts sometimes that um, understanding is lacking and can mm. cause friction um, so in terms of the drawbacks, um, <laughs> sometimes we disagree about certain things, um, either particular techniques or ways of thinking, but I guess that's good because it gives us a healthy debate. Mm. Um, certainly I remember when we were looking at some of your blogs, um, when you started writing a blog on something like that, and I was helping you with some of the English, I would ask you like, do you really mean this? Mm. <laughs> really? I'm not so sure about this. So uh, yeah, it's um, had some interesting questions and debates. Yeah, for everybody who's following me, the stuff would you're reading and um, listening to it is filtered and done by Anna. So you can say that it's none of the articles are mine. It's uh, it's <laughs> Anna because uh, she's like, oh yeah, I think we should change that. Or oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely changing that. So uh, I really should put somewhere that uh, work done by Anna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think credit where credit's due. It's all your ideas. I'm just tidying up the English and then sometimes questioning. Did you really mean that? Are you yeah, sure that's what you were? <laughs> I think that's the, that's one of the problems with the, always on my time frames, because uh, I'll do best. I want to do as as quick as possible, and I've got a full time job, um, which allows me to play with all that stuff, all the martial arts. Um, and then she have to do uh, tidying up my uh, writing and my English, especially the written English, is not up to scratch yet. I get there one day. It's certainly improving. If I consider how you were a few years ago to where you are now, you're you're definitely doing a lot better. So that's good from my perspective. Yeah. So soon should be a couple of books coming out, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna have time. So <laughs> yeah. don't chase me. Gra grab her on the Facebook yeah. and. Uh, I guess I won't be training for some time, yeah. huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the other aspects I was gonna ask you is um, uh, how do you um, compare the different train you've got that ability to uh, have me and we can test stuff together and my ideas your ideas mm -hmm. and uh, how that impacted your 
own view of martial arts because obviously I, I've got a completely o sometimes in opposition yeah. um, a view on stuff, especially that w with my background of wrestling and stuff. So I, I see things differently. Um, how that kind of impacted you? Are you taking it on board? Are you you sticking to your guns? And <laughs> I guess it depends on what the issue is. But um, and certainly I remember when I first met you and started to train with you more and saw kind of your philosophy and the way you think about things. So whereas historically I've been perhaps a bit more traditional, so certainly in terms of my karate, the traditional 3Ks, mm -hmm. so Kion, Kata, Kumite, and kind of learning by rote, if you like, so mm -hmm. just repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, then working or training with you and seeing that you're very much from the ground up, kind of assessing will a technique work from kind of body mechanics as opposed to being told this will work, you know, mm -hmm. just go forth and practice it, was... A completely different viewpoint from my perspective so in a way it kind of blew my um, my training out of the water I spent so much time kind of repeating stuff so I hadn't considered quite so much why am I doing this would it really work for me and if it wouldn't work for me how could I change it to make it work um, so overall I think it's improved me as a martial artist I still struggle to think the way that you do simply because of years of just repetition um, so I don't think I stick to my guns particularly except for areas where I feel that um, uh, I'm more confident doing something in that particular way I'm certainly not as cuddly as you are <laughs> I, I very I struggle greatly with wrestling I am much more a visual person mm -hmm. so I like to see someone and then hit them that's basically my approach so yeah when you're in kind of clinch fighting or groundwork I struggle a lot with that but you know it's, it's an area that I would like to improve on um, I'll never be particularly great at it but hopefully it will give me a better make me a more well-rounded martial yeah. artist perhaps well, you do like kicking and you're kicking very well to the head. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I like fighting at distance, because then I can just kick you. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, although, yeah, I'm half Thai, but uh, never studied Muay Thai, but uh, maybe I'm just <laughs> drawn to kicking people in the head. <laughs> um, so you, you've done several things. You have seen pictures and, and stuff when you're training. You've done some Kung Fu, you've done Aikido, you've done Judo, mm -hmm. you've done Savate, I think. You tried yeah, I did Savate, yeah, yeah. Um, so are you saying Savate? We're saying Savate in Polish. Um, well, that's what, how the French pronounced it. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> well, it's, it's French kickboxing, so... Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so why why returning back to karate? What karate have got that it hooks you on? Uh, that's a good question. I guess it's... Um, I just to give you time to think because I can't answer that question. I really don't know why uh, why I'm coming back to karate and always... Uh, it, it's somewhere there inside lingering but I cannot put specific measures on it I think partly because it feels so comforting maybe because I've done it for so long especially having done it a lot as a child um, although uh, as I said I did Aikido I started Aikido before I did Karate but I don't feel that same kind of bond with it I suppose whereas with Karate um, a lot of it just comes more naturally to me having said that I mean I have enjoyed training in Kung Fu in a variety of different styles and I think if I were to have uh, Kung Fu classes near to us mm -hmm. that were um, comparable to karate, I think I probably would do Kung Fu more. Um, but yeah, I think that there's the element of having that comfort of training in a style that I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. 
but also there's the practicalities of having a club that I think is very good, very close to me. So um, uh, it's, it's convenience, I suppose, um, which is maybe not the best answer, but it's the, it's the one that uh, draws me back, and especially now that we've got a young family. Mm. Being able to go to a club that's just a few minutes away is a great benefit. Um, so, yeah, so I think there's the having grown up with it and being comfortable with it uh, and the convenience of it. Um, neither of which are probably great reasons in terms <laughs> of your martial, my martial arts development, but uh, yeah, those are probably the reasons why I do it. So you, you uh, I know that when we met, you went to Thailand for half, half year um, training, mm-hmm. and you've been training kung fu there with the uh, instructor who was um, really the Shaolin monk, or or in a display group or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my question is, um, who was the which of the teachers or who you met on your on your way mm-hmm. um, being the most influential in, in your martial arts? Ooh, um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I know I only ask good questions. <laughs> <laughs> that you would ask, be terrible you if, ask if, a, if a guest um, said that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a really horrible <laughs> question. I'm not answering it. Um, <laughs> I've had so many interesting teachers and they've given me guidance or been role models in completely different ways I've had teachers that I respect for their ability Mm -hmm. in terms of their technical ability in martial arts and I've looked at them to see okay well how are they doing particular techniques can I emulate that in some way other teachers I've really looked at as role models in terms of their approach to life and their philosophy about how to treat people Mm -hmm. and I think certainly when I was younger um, uh, seeing people who had very good attitudes towards other people, so being inclusive, being thoughtful, um, being polite, that sort of thing, uh, was great. Um, Especially because I suppose most of the time when I was younger, I had a lot of female role models, especially in school we tend to have Mm. a lot of female teachers, whereas in martial arts, because it's Mm -hmm. predominantly male-dominated, all of my instructors were men. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, seeing role models who... um, yeah, made you think to, to be polite to others, to be respectful. I think that's one of the main things I've found with, especially in perhaps Japanese martial arts, is respect. Mm-hmm. Respect for others, respect for the art itself, respect for yourself. Um, kind of learning those things was very important to me. But can I pin it on an individual instructor? Probably not, because there were so many. Um, I kind of see uh, benefits coming from all of them. Um, has there been one instructor that's most influential in my life? I suppose I'd have to say uh, Sensei Brian Shrub. Mm. So he was the, the main instructor in Guildford. Um, so he's been teaching me the most for the longest period. And yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, when you see my style of karate and you see his, we're very similar. I mm. think I, I emulate him a lot. Uh, and, you know, for me, that's a great benefit because he's not that much different in size to me as mm-hmm. well. So whereas a lot of the karate instructors I've had are significantly larger than I am, to try and execute techniques, especially sparring in the same way that they do, would be incredibly difficult for me. And, yeah, it wouldn't work. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, probably Sensei Brian, uh, probably the most influential. Um, but then, yeah, I've had very interesting senseis in university, um, in Thailand as well, as you say. Um, but also I did Tai Chi in Thailand, mm-hmm. which was um, yeah a complete eye-opener to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of very uh, 
competitive sports to then do Tai Chi and realise how difficult that is as well, that was a, a real surprise to me. So, um, yeah. So, uh, um, changing the subject, um, we're staying with the subject of martial arts and, uh, and uh, family. Um, how it is to live with person like myself so I, i've got few <laughs> few other friends I, i'm hoping to get them on podcast as well where mm-hmm. where do they do run the dojos together we are not running dojo together because i've got the full-time job so so it's kind of my side of things and i'm kind of um uh, have a creative spurs i suppose yeah it's like <laughs> hits and then i want to do a million things at once mm-hmm. uh, which usually uh not not usually not always come to fruition um but um how it is to live with person who is dedicated to martial arts and sometimes is really pulling their way a bit too much i'm aware of that but i'm not able to stop (laughs) myself Uh, you put some light on that well i think it's fair to say you're very passionate about what you do and you're very passionate about martial arts um and your training and how you help your students and so on and that's great i mean if you were not interested in those things and not being creative and thinking of new ways then i'd be like hey maybe you should go out and think of different things to do um so in a way it's great because i can see that you're really loving what you do from someone who's got to kind of work and take care of the kids as well it's a little bit frustrating it's like yeah could you just wait a minute and i'll get back to you but um yeah no it's it it's great because it kind of gives me that drive that maybe I should be more creative and thinking about how I do things as well. Um, and I think actually we're very lucky in that you always put your family first. So for example, if you wanted to go and do a particular seminar, either one that you're running or attend someone else's, you always kind of ask for permission first, mm-hmm. which is great, and kind of justify why you want to go. Um, so from my perspective, the only thing I really feel is kind of jealousy because I think, oh, I'd like to do those things too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think it's great having you about and you thinking about those things and you discussing them because it kind of spurs on my passion for it as well. Um, otherwise, I think it would be easy for me to just kind of get a bit down in the dumps in terms of work and mm. childcare and so on. So no, although it can be a bit frustrating at times, it's generally very positive. So thank you. Um just want to clarify because Anna keeps saying oh I'm taking care of church that she's taking care of children that's not completely true because she's <laughs> eight hours a day at work and I'm staying with children that's my main job at the moment <laughs> just want to put that in there yeah children first and then everything else yeah no that, that's very fair right? I should say you are the, the, <laughs> the main childcare uh, parent <laughs> to be honest but it, no it's more a case of when you're training or when you're going away and someone else and obviously uh, I'm taking care of the kids then so coming to children um what do you think should they do martial arts or will they do martial arts (laughs) or is it up to them freedom my viewpoint is uh as much as i would like to have them doing martial arts it's completely up to them max at the moment the older one is uh, expressing about three seconds of I want to do that with you and then three seconds later it's now it's boring I'm going to do my stuff <laughs> and Lauren is more of a wrestler at the moment so she tries to tackle, <laughs> tackle me down and up do you think um, that we're gonna impose on them martial arts 
<laughs> um, I would never impose martial arts on anyone or force them to do anything. The only thing I would do is encourage them into sports. I mean, when I was young, I didn't just do martial arts. I did a whole variety of sports, especially at school. Um, and they were beneficial to me in a whole variety of ways, especially team sports. So things like hockey, netball, basketball, that sort of thing. Um, so the main thing I would encourage them to do, and which what we are doing, is to to do exercises that provide groundwork for anything they want to do later. So they're doing gymnastics, they're doing swimming. For me, those are more important at this time because they're only little. Mm. <laughs> if they decide they want to do any form of martial art later in life, that's great. Um, then we can have maybe something to talk about but if they decide they don't want to that's absolutely fine as well as I say the only thing I think is that it's important to um, uh, engage in exercise because you think healthy body healthy mind um, doesn't matter what kind of exercise they're doing so long as they're doing something that would be my main uh, takeaway from that uh, I certainly wouldn't impose karate or any other martial art on them Although looking at it, I suspect Lauren is either going to be a wrestler or a rugby player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does like like does like to play rough. She's good at tackling. Uh, yeah. Considering she's so small, she's very good at tackling. So. Uh, what do you think um, gonna be impact on the clubs and overall maybe sports, not necessarily, not necessarily martial arts, um, after the pandemic, COVID thing gonna go away? Because you see how much changes I I need to do in a club. Mm -hmm. And when you're going back to your club, that's going to be probably different as well. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Is going to be more people coming to a training because they missed the movement? Or is it going to be, we're going to lose people because of so many restrictions and, and stuff? And God bless Qatar. And <laughs> 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 we can do Qatar. Yeah, solo training. Uh, you know, I have no idea. I really don't know. Because not only are we seeing... Okay, so after the pandemic, initially there will be obviously a lot less contact, you'll have to maintain social distancing, but also what we've seen is that people are able to actually engage in sports online, through online mm. courses and so on, and it's not the same, not physically being there, but in some cases, especially for people who are um, particularly anxious maybe about going to a, a, a place to do sports, um, or maybe... Uh, don't have as much time so actually the travel time to get there and back might be somewhat problematic actually having online courses is um perhaps a good thing so i don't know i don't know whether clubs will continue to offer a variety of ways of training so not just physically being in a dojo but also offering online courses or classes even so so live classes or, or content um i don't know uh I guess time will tell. Mm. I don't know whether people will not want to rush back simply because of fear over the spread of the virus or whether people will rush back because they've been in lockdown so long that actually they just want to get out. Um, it's difficult to say, to be honest. Uh, watch this space. Mm. I guess maybe in about a year's time we might start to see what the results are. But even then, that might be too early. Um, certainly, I think martial arts any practical martial arts anyway requires the ability to physically hold a person so either to throw them or whatever um, so you can't really take away from that but whether there's other training methods we could use in the meantime that better support training I don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah we'll see I suppose so uh, I'm going to wrap that up I don't have any more questions except one um, What's the future plans for you? 
um, in relation to, to martial arts. Kids getting older, mm -hmm. we're getting a bit more time, uh, they're more capable of staying with one of us. What's your, what's your training um, plans? So my plan is to go back to regular training, so at least once a week. Uh, so previously I was doing like at least two, three classes a week plus going to the gym. So <laughs> to do just one class a week is a step in the right direction from my perspective. So yeah, I'd like to go back to training at least once a week in the dojo. Um, maybe doing some fitness training alongside that, but kind of working around my job, um, mm. childcare arrangements and so on. So yeah, that's, that's my initial plan and see how it goes from there really. Um, yeah, I don't know how my body will respond <laughs> to training after kind of quite a gap off and having two kids. So uh, yeah, again, we'll see. I'll play it by ear. <laughs> mm. I think that um, uh, as a family plans, we can say that uh, in the future you can see Anna more of my seminars. So we're gonna be teaching together. That's the plan. Traveling together, uh, get rid of the children, and uh, <laughs> no, no, they can come with us. Have, uh, have uh, what well, if they're gonna do martial arts and stuff, or, or as a family holiday or something? But um, yeah, I would like to uh, grab Anna more with me, and uh, I've got a few friends who are couples and doing seminars together, and uh, having kind of a male-female look on the stuff what we're doing, and uh, kind of um, speak more to the different genders doing the seminar so I'm not usually that great with uh, targeting all the people and sometimes I do my mistakes and uh, having somebody who is uh, kind of on opposite side or maybe different perspective it's, it's very useful so I always enjoy teaching with Anna um, and usually my last question is where to find you but I know you're a very private person Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't want to be found by people too much on your <laughs> on your stuff due to your job and, and stuff. Um, so if you have a contact with Anna, uh, find Les Bubka, <laughs> send me a question, uh, turn around and ask her. Um, as well, um, should we add anything else? I think, you want to add anything else? Uh, I can't think of anything particularly. Just to say thank you for this opportunity to, to talk to you about martial arts uh, I, th I think we need we owe Sensei Brian a bit of a promotion of his club as you've been saying mm -hmm. how great he was for you where to find them uh, so yeah the, the Guildford Seikijuku Karate Club um, obviously in the lockdown are, are training online but uh, typically they train at the Guildford Spectrum on Tuesdays and Fridays uh, I believe Sensei Brian has taken a step back from the club now so it's going to be Sensei Chris Brown running the club, but I'm sure, I, I know Sensei Chris quite well, I'm sure it will be a great club mm -hmm. uh, to train at once we get back to training. Um, so yeah, Guildford Spectrum. So it's uh, uh, Seikijuku Karate? Yeah. Uh, they are present on the Facebook and they've got a website. I'll put the links down below in the description. Thank you Anna very much for being my guest. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to go back and do the washing up. Good job. <laughs> I'm going to go and take care of the kids see if any of them have woken up <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, bye bye Sports Social Podcast Network